Andy, you could take it and you could be trying to order, or you could be trying to return a plate, a plate of spaghetti with a dirty dick dick in it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, you missed it. There's just a whole weird conversation about getting a plate of spaghetti with a penis inside. Hmm. Is that, that, that's bolognese, right? More like colonnese. (laughs) Colonnese sauce. That's awful. Uh, that's the yeah. that's a butt thing, not a penis thing. I you know. went to the other side. You went where the fudge is made. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uh, told you to Garcon. go around the corner. Garcon, I asked for lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Long ago in a distant land. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And today, today is going to be really shameless. Uh, this week, this isn't even about our podcast. Shameless, it's or, shameless. or it's not. It's but definitely not. Shameless. not <laughs> it's not shameless because we do have Shane here, and I'll tell We've you why. Brought one. Her, we, have, we have one Shane. Hello, Shane. Hi. <laughs> That's all he has to say. Uh, but no, we, while we while we have a, a, a single Shane, we don't have a single shame because last week we launched our second podcast, uh, which is very exciting for everybody involved. Uh, Austin, you can leave the room if you want. You're not involved. Yeah, it's that's cool. Uh, but Rory and Shane and I have launched a new podcast called The Infinite Backlog, which is all about Marvel comics. And so we figured as sort of a, a, a little cross promotion sort of uh, appropriate timing situation, we'd finally watch the Marvel anime we've been talking about yeah, watching for it's, years. It's kind of like if, if we, we launched a second podcast and you're thinking, that's not really our jam. Sorry, no choice. The first one's, the, the, they're both the same thing for the next three to four weeks. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> you thought you could escape Stan Lee's zone of terror? Well, no, he's here too. <laughs> Nobody Ugh. wants Stan Lee's zone of terror. No, it's just it's way too much text. Um, yeah, how, hello, welcome, welcome, Shane. Uh, there, we're sort of doing a, a, a backwards time thing here because we already recorded Shane's uh, Austin coming on Infinite Backlog, which is going to happen right. this coming this coming mm-hmm. weekend. So look forward to that. Uh, and actually, Austin, <laughs> on that episode, you came up with some with some punchlines to jokes. Uh, care to share the joke for us? Yeah, totally. Yeah, here's the joke. Um, Brad, uh, let's have a talk. Let's, now that's let's... now that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the joke? I don't even remember the punchline. I don't others? either. No. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> no, first choice, um, best choice. Well, you uh-huh. can you can wait a few days and check out the episode of, episode five of Infinite Backlog to hear yeah. the punchline of that really good joke. Uh, but yeah, somebody. Well, what are we What are we up to today? Somebody tell me about the Marvel anime situation. I guess I'll take that. I think I've been sort of spearheading bringing them take in. Take the bullet. I'll take the bullet. <laughs> I am fascinated by the sort of trajectory of a show. Like, well, there's these sort of different iterations of kind of the same. It's not the same show. It, you know, obviously, they're, they're four different shows. But they're kind of the same, I don't know, oeuvre from the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of exists in a single constellation. Anyway, 
you know, we start with this American superhero property and we get the, not only do we get then get the sort of Japanese interpretation of that and specifically the anime interpretation of that, then linguistically it's translated (laughs) back into English and you just kind of get something very... You know, it's it has it's sort of gone through the babblefish a couple of times. You, totally. It's, and it's different and uh, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is something we talked about when we watched Samurai Jack, too, was that sort of fascination with taking elements or taking properties or style aspects and moving them around, giving them to another country. And, like, you do something mm-hmm. with this. And you sometimes end up with really interesting results. Um, yeah. yeah. And sometimes you end up with Iron Man. With the the American <laughs> ghost in the shell. <laughs> well, well, yeah. And, and just so that we, we say it out loud, there are four Marvel anime, and they came out sort of in a, in a row in like the same year. Uh, and they each had 12 episodes. So we start with Iron Man and then Wolverine, X-Men, and Blade. And, were they yeah. all Madhouse? Yeah, they're all yes. Madhouse. And uh, if all goes as planned and we don't hate and bail on this arc super early for some unforeseen reason, uh, we're going to check out a couple episodes of each of the anime this in the next few weeks, uh, which I'm really I'm really excited about, uh, regardless of how any of us may feel about this first one, Iron Man. Uh, I want to I want to stick a little thermometer up your up your anime yeah, butts real fast. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Iron Man, Iron Man is this one. It, it was it was there's going to be enough to say about it. Uh, in terms of the kind of, I guess, the sort of cultural mashup that happens with the other ones, Iron Man's a bit of a snooze in that regard, I think, because it's already very anime. And uh, yeah, yeah, y- lots of robots you know, already. Yeah. yeah. And then it's also kind of the most mundane. You know, I remember I did watch the original X-Men when it came out and it's it's full of pretty bizarre ideas, you know, about mm. just like how these different characters move and behave because there there's more to work with. Right. You know, with a uh, uh, you know, with a character like uh, like Beast, then Iron Man's just kind of he's Iron Man, right? He's a yeah. he's a rich dude with a suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think I think that's true. Um, there's yeah, there will be a lot to get into. You know, once we mm-hmm. once we explore further, but yeah, I I don't know. I think there was some promise with the setup for Iron Man. I think it's interesting that they literally have created an anime that is moving Tony Stark to Japan. And as soon as he flies into (laughs) Japanese airspace, he becomes anime. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's exactly what's happened. (laughs) Right. Just like everyone who visits Japan, you sort of undergo this 2d transformation. (laughs) Right. Like this is a story about Iron Man literally in Japan and it's an anime. It's, it's like, we don't see Tony in California being anime no. so i thought that was kind of also an interesting choice to frame it entirely with him in japan uh i think I they know. all take place in japan and i think they all are americans but i'm not positive if that's true sure well, i mean luckily uh, wolverine already is canadian but you know what i mean <laughs> it's an american property yeah uh, uh and i know shane and rory and i we've been we've been reading no not really spending that much time with iron man specifically uh kind of on purpose uh shane what do you what do you think about this one so far with regards to what we've been reading <clears throat> i i i would rather watch this than read it like oh. read read the <laughs> iron man that we were we were sort of introduced to on the other podcast so 
you know that as soon as there is a male protagonist who gets off of a plane and the first thing he does is try to jump into everybody's pants, that it's my favorite <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> it's my most just favorite like, thing hot just plane to watch boys? him. Yep, just to watch him swing at every female that walks by <laughs> with his big blue eyes that are drawn giant and like oh, so his little pouty lips. I. <sighs> Are you saying that perhaps this is uh, unapologetically heterosexual in nature? It is. Yeah, it is just <laughs> they deeply hetero. It was like the, when it when it moved over there, they were like, "Wait a second, what do we know about Iron Man?" And then someone was like, "Oh well, he he's super horny, just <laughs> just super duper horny." And they were like, "Oh man, we can totally do that. We can." He's run with trying that. to throw a bone into anybody that'll let him. He's unconscionably yeah. horny. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because uh, on it for a couple reasons. Because uh, you know, I think as American as an American audience, we are used to a certain type of quote friendly misogyny, and I think this has been explored <laughs> by other people smarter than me. But there is this sort of like palatable, friendly, fun misogyny that is still yeah. misogyny and still sucks. But we're used to it looking a certain way, and they've still mm -hmm. taken that in this anime and just made it less fun to look at and experience. <laughs> I think they in turned... every regard, it's less fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right, it absolutely. No, they, yeah, they horny the anime has always been a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, with that being said, yeah. shall we dive right in? All right, everybody, uh, we are zooming back in just like Iron Man and those cool blasters on his hands. Uh, we're coming back in and we're looking at the first Hand episode. Hand blast me like Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's look at episode one. Uh, it is called Japan, Enter Iron Man. And, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Iron Man fucks Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that certainly happens. Uh, he's certainly inside Japan. Um, in Japan, Tony Stark supervises the construction of an arc station and, planning to retire as Iron Man, readies the Iron Man Dio, we'll talk about that, um, armor for a successor. However, the prototype's test flight fails, and the test pilot becomes brainwashed during targeting practice, attacking his colleagues. After diagnosis reveals the Dio suit was hacked by an outside source, Tony reactivates his classic Iron Man armor and neutralizes it, then battles and defeats Scorpio, a warrior of the Zodiac Order. Afterwards, Tony finds the Dio suit missing. Yeah, this is pretty fun, uh, fun and incredibly... Also boring at the same time, set up for a monster of the week in this show. Uh, yeah, the Zodiacs, there are zero for two at the moment in terms of being interesting monsters. Yeah, or explained or yeah, really they're, they're, properly given any kind of build up motivation no. or yeah. intrigue. Yeah. Or good design. They're terribly yeah. designed robots. Uh, Is yeah, it but a robot? we do have it. 
I think I, they're robots. It's hard it's, to tell. I, they talk Scorpio, like people. Scorpio looked kind of alien, and mm-hmm. then and then Cancer, the uh, the monster crab, was sort of in between. Because there's also that nasty tank. Remember this? So there's two monsters in yeah in the episode in the two. Episode, right. Yeah. yeah. There's a scary yeah. tank and, and yeah. Cancer, who's a big kind of tank like crab. <laughs> But at least you kind of get the idea that like, okay, there's this organization called Zodiac. We're going to see a member of the Zodiac every single fucking week. There's only 12 episodes. So like, cool, cool, cool. I get where we're going. It almost, it almost like when you, when you find out about that and like, there's kind of a, there's kind of a deflation that you feel absolutely. when you say like, oh, Zodiac, how many Zodiacs are there? How many episodes are there? Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the oh. weird part is that. When you had Jackie Chan Adventures, which had a similar framing, yes, um, they the whole episode was going to be about this talisman, about the Zodiac thing. Like the whole episode from start to finish was going to be built around it, was going to be themed around it, was going to be focusing on trying to deal with it. And so you kind of had the whole episode to sort of work with this concept. This seems to be uh, a, an afterthought for about. <laughs> Two minutes of the episode? No, not even two minutes. 56 seconds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Like, barely even as this sort of final coup de gras of the episode to like, oh, also there's a Zodiac monster uh, sure. that he's going to fight. But the rest is going to be him sort of talking to reporters and getting into PR nightmares. And then <laughs> and then he'll fight a Zodiac at the end. And you can't tell which part is better because they're not terribly exciting (laughs) yeah yeah neither part is particularly good i will say the second episode is better than the first episode uh at least in terms of my enjoyment um but they they introduce us to what is it seems like kind of a, a restrained cast size uh for an anime i was surprised at how few actual characters we met because we have tony obviously but he's mm-hmm. off in japan on his own uh, he talks he's to played Pepper by, briefly. He's played by Nathan Petrelli. Yes, yeah, Nathan Petrelli, yeah. baby. Adrian uh, Pastar. He's been Tony since this. Like this, this was, I think, his first Tony Stark, and then he's been playing Tony for like almost a and, decade. And uh, and Peter Petrelli plays Wolverine. Oh, yeah. does he? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They're, they were just like, ah, Heroes is cool. Let's get Heroes characters <laughs> in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and we like we talked, like we said, we watched the dub, but in the in the original as well. Uh, something I thought was interesting. They got Keiji Fujiwara, who is uh, a really big voice actor, to play uh, to play him, and he's actually always the Robert Downey Jr. dub voice. For, oh, fun! For Iron that's Man, that is fun. And so, uh, you know, but he's also right, like Leorio from Hunter Hunter. He's Holland from Erica Seven. He's oh, he's Hughes okay. from Full Metal Alchemist. Like he's he's got like a really like intense voice. And in a way, I kind of felt like uh, Pazdar sort of didn't hit the mark for me. He's not very exciting or dynamic in choice. this role. Uh, his performance as Tony, he always just sort of sounds like he's sitting back on his haunches. And it's like, okay, like I understand maybe you're going for like a like a calm and collected. He's in control, but like. We should be excited by Tony. Tony's a playboy. He kind of sounds like <laughs> Michael Douglas. <laughs> Especially in, in an anime, we see some pretty animated facial choices that are not followed through at the vocal level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that being said, I've also, I heard, um, uh, I heard a different Tony in the, the newer Avengers game that came out mm-hmm. and Nolan North is Tony and he's way too zingy. Uh, like, mm. well, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's mm. what she told me. Whatever, Jarvis. 
And I mean, it's, it's like, true. You you wind up in a in a Peter Parker scenario if you go too quippy, right? Like, yeah, or yeah. or just like an asshole. Like Tony's supposed to be an asshole, but we have to also like him. In this, I yeah. felt like he was a psychopath supervillain. Am I wrong <laughs> yeah, in that read? He had, no, he had some no, supervillain no, energy. That, it absolutely Tony, reads like that. Tony is not a likable character in this show. No, he repeatedly no. uses terrifying uh, surveillance technology to cause all <laughs> sorts of problems that really violate like thousands of people's privacy at a time. And he just sort of does them while he smiles and says like says things like, okay, maybe I want to hurt you a little. And like his like <laughs> calm affect, like this guy is a supervillain. And I was very, uh, very afraid of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let alone all of his leering. <laughs> do you think it's set up like that? Because the whole first like five minutes of the episode is him talking to that 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 girl, right? Who picks oh, him Dr. up, Doctor Tanaka. Doctor Tanaka, and he's like, he's like, "Hey, sleep with me," and she's like, "No, you're trash." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they get to a part where he's like, "How do I make the Japanese fall in love with me?" Right? Yeah. And, she, <laughs> and she's it's, like, "I don't know. Maybe try some humility, you piece of shit." Yeah, it's really interesting to have a Japanese team that worked on this show speaking mm-hmm. kind of openly, almost addressing, almost like a dramatized like meeting about the reception of the character or the show itself in the country. It's like uh-huh. Japan is talking about how Tony is received in Japan, like what problems and, are with his character. And in the second episode, sort of by extension, Americans or the reputation, you know, yeah. of them at least. There's mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's it's like there's the there's the nugget of some almost interesting conversation that we could be having about culture. And yeah. we of course don't do it because then when there's a zodiac monster and lots of explosions and robots and and misogyny, but like it felt like it could almost have gone to an interesting place. Um yeah. but not when Iron Man is like sitting there in a car sort of leering at a woman and saying a line like, <laughs> "You know, I don't get turned down a lot. I kind of like it." Like, no, you shouldn't. Don't like getting turned down. What? Are you a rapist? What is going on? The worst. And this yeah. is, it's just it's it's like it's like uh, you know how if your life's really you know go together, you might enjoy a scary movie, you know, or a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a sensation he doesn't experience often. And he's like, oh. Neat. This is this, uh, this is neat. Uh, no, I was gonna say too. What's what's hard is like you know, and um, of course, this is never gonna be the biting critique of uh, you know of American you know um, misogyny. Um, but he's he's more he's more anime than not. You know, he doesn't feel like he's representing the states. He feels like he's just an anime boy. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Um... He's just like he's so much more uh, he's so much more forward with the the two women in this show than most anime guys would be. Right. Uh, his because the other That's girl true. we haven't talked about yet. Uh, we've got Nanami Oda, and she is a reporter oh, uh, who's also she, she's she's okay. I don't I don't mind her because she's like like the first time we see her, she's uh, dealing with workplace misogyny of the Japanese variety, where. <laughs> Uh, where he's basically like her boss is like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I, you should try another line of work, like being someone's wife. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's so fucked. Like it's it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very my understanding is is it's kind of real. Like there's uh, there's a real sort of culture 
thing that happens there. Like there are, uh, I don't know how much this is true in this decade, but I know in the past there have been like women who take jobs at, at, at like offices that are sort oh, of yeah. like their job, they're, they're, their title is office lady. Yeah. It's, it's and totally and they're designed, they're designed to be replaced when they get married. Right. Like yeah, yeah. they don't give, they don't give them a ton of responsibility. It's just like, we'll put you here and we'll pay you. You'll have a job for now until, you know, until obviously some man sweeps you away and you become until a we transition you into a man's house. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And like, I, I don't know. I just I thought that was uh, it's it's interesting uh, to see the two types of of sexism happening, except one we're supposed to like, and I still don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a and I'm really curious to see how they approach some of those lines in Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. If if there is a difference in the translation, if they really amped it up for the translation, or or I don't know. I don't think well, so. I think one thing that might be nuanced uh, that you will often see with a dub of um, you know, an anime where some characters from a different country is which language being spoken when? Because in the dub, it's yeah. just all English. Yep. Yeah, um, I did. I did notice. I did watch a little bit of the the Japanese, but I didn't have English subtitles, so I couldn't confirm everything. But it seemed like Tony is just speaking perfect Japanese the whole time. Yeah, he doesn't so. even have an accent. He's got an incredible Japanese accent. <laughs> 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 They're not bothering yeah. to do that that angle on it at all. Uh, at one point in this dub, though, he does say arigato, which is, you know, maybe their one their one little deference to the language barrier. He he uh, does. And then the guy says, oh, thank you, too. <laughs> <laughs> that actually that rang true to me, because the one time I've been to Japan and I tried to speak Japanese to people, they're like excited. And then they speak back to me in English. And I'm like, no, no, like I want to practice oh, my Japanese. You guys like oh. I really want you to speak Japanese to me. <laughs> Yeah, they did that in Germany too. You go into a Burger King, like I'm, I'm all, I'm all cheeseburger bitter, and like, yes, thank you, sir. Here is twenty five cents back as your change. Like, no, no. oh no, I'm in your house. Let me be the, yeah. the guest. Uh, so the 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 plot plot that we've got going on here again has the nugget of something that could have been interesting, but I don't think they really follow through on it. Uh, there is. He's building an arc reactor that's going to essentially provide free energy. And there's the implication that that could really piss off a lot of people, sort of establishment, you know, who who, who is not interested in having their industry sort of made obsolete. Uh, and also that to start the arc reactor, they need a sort of infusion of plutonium that I guess there's also an implication that he's not importing it legally. He's like smuggling the plutonium into Japan. Uh, but we don't really know the full details on that yet, even after two episodes. But uh, but there's the, so there's kind of like some some political intrigue around a new energy source. And as as dry as that sounds, I wish that we'd talked about it more because that's a way more compelling the, thing. Yeah. The sort of power play between Tony Stark and the president of Japan was kind of the most interesting thing out of these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're yeah. somewhat antagonistic. I assume we're going to find out the president's, you know, in somebody's pocket. But it's also just kind of interesting when these two powerful people with no, you know, uh, overt ability to discredit the other just kind of have to play nice. And it's also fun when, you know, the president's powerful, but he's also like Tony Stark's not a representative of the U.S. government. He's he's not really bound by any sort of diplomatic need. He's just like, you're kind of being a jerk, Mr. President. You just got (laughs) to say that. Not a huge fan. God. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a fun a fun shape with no good meat inside. Same. 
<laughs> oh, same. <laughs> uh, there is an interesting choice here that Tony has also decided he is showing up in Japan to retire as Iron Man. Yeah. Um, like he's coming in to do this deal and it's like, well, this seems like as good a time as any to retire as Iron Man. And I, I wish we could see a little more surrounding his decision to do that. Um, <laughs> it's also it's, it's there's a fun there's a fun like it almost feels like a nod to the fact that Japan is where anime is. And things that mm-hmm. are anime are in Japan. Like, there's just already, before he's even given them this new Iron Man suit, there's just a platoon of people who train to drive mechs. Like, they're already <laughs> present in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, well, and so, okay, really quick. I didn't think we were going to be here talking about JoJo. Uh, but I find myself unable to avoid it because this Iron Man. You thought it was a new Iron Man suit, but it's me, Dio. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it is. Um, there's no other way to look at it other than a JoJo reference, like a really weird, overt JoJo reference to call this Iron Man Dio armor. It could have been a reference to Dio. Is that the musician? Yeah, and yet. I kind of don't I mean maybe as a as a as a way in but but there's no way to to have it be anime and then not be well, Dio. The the thing is Dio in JoJo is a reference to Dio. Like all of right. JoJo is a reference to musicians. So like it's right. already both. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it has to be both things. It's got to be in there. Yeah. And it's weird because there's also and I don't know if any bells caught this in episode 2 the, these like maritime, these people on the boat are saying the maritime SDF one here. Yeah, um, SDF one. I mean, SDF is already two things, right? Because Macross, the superdimensional fortress Macross, and the self defense force—that's the very real police force in Japan. They're they're. I think right. it, purposefully they have the same initials, but to call it the SDF one, just like the Macross, <laughs> like that, that also feels very anime. That's a yeah, solid it's anime just, reference. It's peppered in with these anime references that. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Like, in a way, it's almost like hearing, like, your dad make an anime reference. It's like, why? First of all, why? <laughs> Second of all, how? Well, it would um, be interesting to see what they were in Japanese. Like, if this is a translation for fun, like some uh, some samurai pizza yeah. kind of action, or mm-hmm. if this or if these references existed in in the dub, Japanese. A cheeky translation. Yeah, cheeky dub, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But it is uh, it is unmistakably ma- anime. It's animated by Madhouse. Like it has this solid anime energy. It even has the like passable but not great CG that anime is famous for. Mm-hmm. But there's still just getting there. There is yeah, still getting there. Uh except for that new Lupin movie was so good. That's uh, really good. So they just need a lot of move a lot of money for it. But like it it also feels so stilted. Like there's something about everything in this show that feels like the character designs don't have life to them. Uh, it, they're like robots themselves. I think. I think maybe there wasn't a ton of money put into this with Madhouse because I've seen Madhouse do some incredible work. Yeah, the fight scenes are really crappy. They're really crappy. It feels like everybody's collecting a paycheck for this. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get any real joy de vivre in this in any frame of this really. Yeah, I guess the only again, because it's 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 animated so woodenly that it, it takes any joy out of what I'm about to say could possibly provide. 
um, there's, you know, they, they tried to kind of anime up Iron Man and, uh, have him do a little bit more, have him do a little more martial arts than, uh, just standing and beaming things, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's too bad it was crappy fight choreography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what's fun, I think, in both of these episodes, I think the only, like, fun part is the part that we also sort of have to talk out the other side of our mouth about, which is the interaction with, uh, Tony and Nanami. Uh, it's the only part that seems like anyone's having any fun, first and foremost. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, she's this reporter that's constantly trying to like, a prove herself to her boss that she can be a good reporter and b like get answers out of Iron Man. And all Iron Man wants to do is fuck her. Like, <laughs> like that's the first thing that he tries to do immediately. Uh, and the interplay between them is playful. If you ignore the worrisome parts, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> But it's when I it's when I clued into the show the most. It's when I was like actually interested in what was going on the most. It's the only dynamic that has any character, with the exception of possibly the president. But mm. um, uh, but yeah, his his discussion with the doctor, with the the trainees, uh, with Pepper Potts, everything else is completely stilted and has no. Well, they're very clinical. Emotion. Everybody else is very sort of humorless yeah. and, and it's, it's all sure. So it's it's all stilted and emotionless and without any stakes. Right. Yeah. But as soon as the reporters show up, like one of my favorite lines in this episode is when when Tony, like when the reporters are all hounding his car and he gets out and they're like, is it true your reactor is just a front for military arms development? And he's like, you guys make me feel right at home. Reporters in my country ask stupid questions, too. Our reporters are all so dumb. You guys are all fake news. Yeah, and and Nanami shows like an ability to kind of call him out on his shit that nobody else seems to have. Where like he'll say stuff like, "Yep, I am retiring. That's the last time you'll see me in the armor." And she mutters under her breath, "Like at least until the next time." What was that? I missed that. Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough when we watch. I'll just say it. It's tough when we watch bad shows. This is a bad show. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's tough when we watch bad shows because. The, the the hints of good content in there make like make themselves so much more known and like I really want them to succeed. It and feels like it started as a good idea or maybe a good script or something. Like some there's well, some kernel somewhere that was good and it was just completely lost in the in the machinery of making a show. Yeah, I mean supposedly Warren Ellis made the story for this this. I saw episode that show. he wrote he said he said he wrote like a one pager for each episode. And mm-hmm. then apparently he qualified as like, yeah, they. I think they probably made some pretty huge rewrites after that. As in, like he never <laughs> followed up. Like he just, you know, <laughs> right. cashed another paycheck to like, I'll write some synopsis, some some quick, you know, once overs. And then it was, and then it was like, probably very just, mutually beneficial, right? Like I'll do a very small amount of work and get paid for it, and they'll just sort of be able to maybe take some of what I did and put my name on it. And uh-huh. like, do you think he just like FedEx expressed napkins and sticky notes over to them? Like, <laughs> totally. Stick Although, figures that he was like, do this. It is kind of interesting <laughs> that Tony was so like predatory in this. And also Warren Ellis very recently got called out for oh, really? uh, some pretty predatory behavior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what ideas were his. Uh, what sort of. <laughs> this is a napkin of Iron Man being a perv that it's just like a thumbs up. Like it's just a thumbs up drawing next to it. Yeah. Warren. This is the key to everything. Yeah. Uh, the part that I was kind of excited for that ultimately disappointed me was 
this thread about the Dio armor malfunctioning. And yes. it had somebody inside who wasn't controlling it, like somebody else, something else was causing this armor to malfunction. And this happens at the very end, and, and it escapes the testing facility, and Iron Man brings it down really quickly. And mm-hmm. that's when, for some reason, this Scorpio attacks, this Zodiac thing attacks for 56 seconds. And then <laughs> Tony comes back, and then the armor's, the person is there, but the armor's gone. And yeah. I was really hoping, I was intrigued by this plotline. I was really hoping the next episode would pick up on this immediately, and we'd be kind of following this plot. And instead, uh, it's like barely even brought up. Yeah, I think some of that is is that it's tough. Uh, it's tough to when you design a twelve episode story. Like you don't necessarily want to do all your stuff immediately, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was like, gonna say like the movie just bearing the lead to kind of bring it back later. Um, yeah, to and we're only watching the first two episodes, and because it's so serialized, I didn't want to skip around, like because we wouldn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, but there are twelve episodes, and apparently. I mean, this is a spoiler, so I guess if you're planning on watching the whole Iron Man show, but like my my understanding is that the way that this develops is that uh, Yin Sen, the guy who Tony was stuck in the cave with during his Iron Man origin story, uh, who we Mm -hmm. thought is dead, is apparently alive and in Japan, and he ends up getting the Dio armor. And I don't know if he's a bad guy or what, but like bringing back a character from uh, from his past is interesting uh, and could be could be something else that they probably fumble and fail at. But and even and apparently in, in episode four, uh, Wolverine shows up. And so I think they do they do a bit of that over the course of these four anime where like they'll sort of tease the next one by having a character like Wolverine shows up in Iron Man. And then apparently in the Wolverine anime, which we'll watch next week, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Summers shows up and then in Ooh. X-Men, you know what I mean? Kind, so, like, of, they a, kind of a Luke Cage, Jessica Jones kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're saving some of their best stuff for later, but these for this this first episode really not not quite not quite for me. Well, what about the next one? Oh, next one you say? <laughs> Rory. Uh, yeah. Hey, Rory. I would love it if you tell us about our brand new sponsor. Can you please? Mm-hmm. Can I please? We'll see. Well, you know. Well, you know, like you uh, give- like our like our fearless leader, I refuse to commit before, you know, I've I've heard the question. <laughs> oh Christ! Um, well, can you please be be a sweet boy and tell us about our brand new sponsor, the Kevin Attachment? The Kevin Attachment, everybody, you guys are going to be pretty you guys are going to be pretty pretty stoked on this one because if you're like me, you you've uh, you've you've encountered this this uh, situation mostly at work. I feel is the. Um, mm. I'd call it the nexus of where Kevin's go. Mm-hmm. Works for Kevin's um, is what they say. <laughs> is what I've, I've heard that said. Um, <laughs> Work works for Kevin's. That's not my joke. I've just heard it said. Works for Kevin. Mm, yeah. You know. <laughs> so if you if you've been if you've been to work and and, uh, and you you probably have this happen to you. Uh, you're on you're on your phone and you get you've got a you've got a work text. Guess who it's from? Who? Is it Kevin? He, he's from Kevin, but you don't know <laughs> which Kevin. Is this Kevin? Is this Kevin from HR? Is this Kevin your boss? Uh, this is this is the problem with with you know the the casual workplace that has developed <laughs> thanks to thanks to Silicon Valley. Nobody's Mister This or Mister That. I'd, I'd include any other you know title. Uh, yeah, but in this okay. case, the problem is predominantly Kevin related. Um, <laughs> 
There's too many Kevins at work. Your phone needs a specific way to figure out which Kevin you're talking to and what's going oh, down sure. at work. Yeah. You know. Uh, so the Kevin attachment is uh, just a it's just a little micro SD card you throw. It goes well. Yeah. I'm not going to get into explaining what a micro SD card is. We all know. Uh, you throw it in and uh, it's just got a special spot for Kevin's to uh, you can you can write all kind of not- notifying ex- uh Let's say like def- uh, what you what you might call distinguishing features, because you're still mm. going to get a call from Kevin, and it, you're going to need to know. Okay, well, if, if this is an eight seven zero number, right? That's Kevin. That's Kevin and Adams up in mm-hmm. you know up in R and D, and he's going to in you you can you can take notes about his personality. Be like, this guy's a bit of a nosy nosy Nelly. So don't talk about what's going. You don't talk about your dead bedroom with Kevin from from mm. R&D cuz he is going <laughs> right. to tell everybody and then they're going to know you can't pound anymore. They're going to know your soft dick is just <laughs> <laughs> just a but waste what of about, space. Like what about Borat Kevin? <laughs> Borat Kevin, yes, yeah, exactly right. If you don't want to talk to the guy who uh, to the Kevin, I should say, uh, who's always doing his good Borat. He's always been very nice to you. Uh, and that's right, you know, he's always doing my wife. Uh, you you <laughs> Wait, he's doing my wife. <laughs> you might, you might know that that's, you know, that's Kevin down in shipping, and uh, so I'm actually kind of fascinated by this concept because it doesn't seem like it's just to identify the Kevins. It also seems like you can program in conversation tips for each Kevin. Well, right. What it is, what it is, is it's just a way for you to code their personalities so you can keep it straight because mm-hmm. you may have to, you may have to avoid certain topics with, uh, you know. Kevin in the red hat because uh, 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 you don't want him to break your headlights later when you go out to the car the parking lot that's right I found it pretty I found it to be a pretty useful app you know you the office is bad enough without without all this Kevin problem like all this Kevin stuff that's that's just you know a bridge too far and I feel like I feel like the Kevin attachment has really solved quite a few of my problems and if you if you work in an office with way too many effing Kevins, I'd say give it a look. Organize the Kevins in your life. <laughs> it's right. Thanks a lot, Rory. Thank you. Okay, so we're back. It's Iron Man times two. Iron Man two going nuclear, which is a fun. It's just a fun, <laughs> yeah. fun title. It's the direct to video sequel to Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man two going nuclear. Two going nuclear. <laughs> this time it's nuclear. It, this time it is nuclear. <laughs> Wait, uh, well, who's the like cheap actor they would hire to replace Robert Downey Jr. for the direct to video sequel? Sorbo. They get. Yeah, they could get, get Kevin Sorbo totally. Uh huh. With like a cheap spirit gum goatee. Oh, so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck you, Kevin. Sorbo. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Oh, okay, because if you were if you were curious about what happens in this one, let me let me break it down for you, my uh, my my pets, my my good friends, and my pets. It goes like this. This one is the one that goes when Tony is accused of smuggling a stolen shipment of plutonium 
Iron Man investigates the ship it was carried on and runs into another Zodiac warrior, Cancer. <laughs> With chaotic driving and Sakurai's help, <laughs> uh, Tony races to, the, uh, to get the plutonium from the true culprits, which, en- which ends up in Nanami's possession. After saving Nanami, Iron Man battles Cancer once again and <laughs> destroys <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Tony is cleared of his charges and Nanami writes a news report to put Tony in a positive light. <laughs> there has some to be a cancer episode. There has to be a cancer episode because they tar- decided to do the fucking Zodiac. <laughs> the phrasing. Yeah. Battles cancer. Yeah, that's really funny. God. Okay. I know we're going to I know this is jumping to a thing that we obviously want to talk about at the very end. But this was anyone else just sitting there on tenterhooks waiting for the inevitable line that he said at the end? Yeah, yeah. because that whole episode, when you find out it's the cancer episode, you're waiting for him to say and we'll drop a clip (laughs) of him saying, here's one cure for cancer. <laughs> but, but see, the the part the the shittier part about that is that he, he it's right on the heels of another quip that that failed as well. Like he was like round and round and round he goes. Where he stops, who cares? <laughs> and then here's another way to battle cancer. It's like pick one. Yeah, <laughs> pick one. I just uh, I think I think I was living in this sort of schrodinger zone where i almost didn't finish the episode because i kind of wanted to believe at at once that they didn't have the the balls to say here's a cure for cancer but that they also totally did have the (laughs) i guess the just the shamelessness to say here's a cure for cancer like yeah it's just it's just on the table like i feel like there's two kinds of writers and one reaches greedily for here's a cure for cancer and the other one says "Mm, i well we're we're too good What's even more embarrassing is I'm assuming cancer has a different name in Japanese, but possibly not. It's, it's not an English word either. But um, I like the idea that this is just some rogue, you know, localizer. Just, yeah. oh, do I have a good one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God they gave me the cancer episode. This is my time. Cracks vocals. <laughs> my tight five about cancer is coming in real handy. He, he called his mom later and was like, mom, I got to use your joke. fuck i yeah so this one this one is all about well actually this one has a lot more going on which is maybe why i liked it more um there's kind of uh there's plutonium that has been smuggled in on a boat and we're still not sure whether or not that literally was tony stark behind this plutonium or if he's being framed somehow but regardless hmm plutony stark yeah plutony Um. stark (laughs) Regardless, the plutonium is real and it gets stolen. And so there's sort of like this plot of Tony trying to track down the plutonium while uh, the prime minister of Japan is vehemently against him getting involved and wants the SDF to take care of it. So uh, they sort of build up to where this is sort of jumping ahead. But you 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 clock it a mile away when they're, they're building up to this sort of uh, two characters bump into each other holding the same bag and wind up at the wrong <laughs> one. Yes. Um Every single person finds out immediately that this exchange has been fumbled and that you yeah. know, they've got the wrong bags. It was completely unnecessary to the plot. She could have just snatched it or it just didn't make mm-hmm. sense. It yeah, was there's such no a... delay gratification. <laughs> no, not at all. Everybody's immediately wise to what has just happened. Yeah. Which is a fun kind of um, 
I guess, rejection of the cliche if it was on purpose, which it wasn't. It was not handled for a joke or uh, as satire or as commentary. It was nothing. Right. No. Yeah, uh, this, there was no point to do it because it, yeah, it just happened immediately. Uh, you know, anytime, anytime that you would see this trope play out normally, they would get to the very end of the episode and the sort of stinger before the credits would be that we are, yeah. as the audience shown, oh, definitively, this definitely got swapped. Oh, what's going to mm-hmm. happen next week when they find out? Uh, but instead, it's just like 20 seconds, maybe. And, and it's not like it's not yeah. like sort of, um, you know, unoffensive or unassuming suitcases. It's like these like big silver camera boxes. That's like, oh, OK, this is so two people just happen to have the same giant like silver box. Road case. OK, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why would I mean, it raises many questions, but chief among them is why would a a reporter have their camera in the same sort of road case that these guys kept their illegal plutonium? Like, <laughs> like surely there's a better way to hold plutonium. It's an expensive camera. <laughs> yeah, but plutonium's hella radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they'd have a really, really nice safe container for it. Uh, well, they bought the. They bought it on Wish. So, <laughs> <laughs> my, I've got a great deal on Alibaba. <laughs> I I I don't know if I enjoyed this episode more, just because I kind of came into it frustrated, um, mm. because I was really like I mentioned with the the end of last episode, I was really expecting to see the fallout from last episode, sort of kick off this episode. Where it's like, you know, he had like a huge weapons demonstration fail. A big robot was around, like blowing stuff up. And they sort of, you know, they they tell us this. They certainly don't show us, but they tell us Japan's not super, not super happy about Tony Stark running around causing mayhem. He's 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 mm -hmm. having, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, PR nightmares. But we don't see the effects of all the sort of animosity towards him. It's yeah, not present in the episode. And the fact that this episode has kicked off with. Tony, with no mention of last week, and the the whole thing is about this plutonium heist that he's in hot water for. Um, it just kind of, I don't know. It, 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 I felt cheated a little bit on getting yeah. to to grapple with with what we just saw happening in the last episode, and it's like we that's already water under the bridge, and it's already just like now it's plutonium. And I and and so I don't know. I was frustrated. I, I, I yeah. wanted I wanted a I deepening mean, of everything happening. Short of anything positive we could say about this show, I, I think the the sort of the the missing keystone, the thing that is just unavoidable and, and what makes it sort of irredeemably bad is just the absolute lack of emotional stakes or mm-hmm. um empathetic characters. Right. Uh, Nanami's empathetic and Sakurai's interesting, but that's about it. Yeah, like if Tony if Tony maybe if Pepper was also there and was trying to like establish a branch of Stark Enterprises and like dealing with mm-hmm. PR nightmares with Tony. And it's like, hey, look, like you need to calm this down because like we've got employees at stake and we're trying to, I don't know, something else that we care about happening. Yeah. Would be nice. Cause otherwise, Tony doesn't care. He's a billionaire. Like nothing is bad for him. yeah he can literally be driving around town and just press a button on his car's computer and just cause a traffic jam to kite bad guys into the right street and he's like on the phone calling the prime minister he's like hey apologize to the mayor of kyoto for the traffic jam what traffic jam the one i'm about to cause like he's 
he's an evil renegade wizard they, that no one I can just, stop. Did they say prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I could have sworn they called him the president. No, I called him minister. Minister, minister. Oh, Kuroda. you're right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, min- minister Kuroda. Um, and it's just you know like. He's terrifying. Everything he does in this episode is so scary. <laughs> he like just kind of like there's a there's a part where he's trying to find out who took the plutonium and he accesses. He just looks at a security camera and is like access the footage and he accesses all the footage. He goes back. He finds a thing. He puts it in his computer. He triangulates it. He tracks the car and he gets in his car and he goes off after the bad guys. And like we've we've seen this sort of thing play out in like the the Dark Knight movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very Dark Knight. It's upsetting, but we're not grappling with the upsetting part of it. Like, surveillance is scary, but apparently it's cool when you're Iron Man and you're just a billionaire who no one can tell what to do. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, the difference of Iron Man and Batman is that Bruce kind of feels a lot of guilt for stuff. And Tony doesn't really, (laughs) Um, you know, he does it. He does his stuff in the daylight and uh, doesn't give a shit. And uh, so sometimes when improperly done, there there are interesting Iron Man stories, but mm-hmm. this isn't one of them. This is not yeah. done well. Right. He's not he's not grappling with his own failures. This is like a this is like a well-adjusted post full career Tony Stark who's trying to retire mm-hmm. uh, and he's become boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that could have been so much fun, Andy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, no, no. Imagine if he was not doing any of the Playboy stuff and was just trying to, like, you know, whittle. <laughs> <laughs> like if he took up painting or. or... Yeah, or watch his yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for an old man Logan, old man Tony. I am looking scenario. for this, this more like an old man Logan, but yeah, just a sort of retiree Logan or a retiree like, Iron Man. He's He's got to ask Pepper about the VCR. <laughs> Retired man. Or like he's come to Japan to like <laughs> study with- man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. I had to take it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this uh, is nothing. <laughs> I will say my favorite moment of the episode is a Nanami moment because she's desperately trying to get a decent interview with Tony and he just keeps, as we've said, trying to get in her clothes and kiss her when she's driving <laughs> and just all this horrible stuff. Uh, but she, they'd like her and her photographer drive past him as he's going the other way. And they're like, oh shit, there's Tony. And so they, they, they make chase. And at one point, uh, there's an oncoming train and she has to stop. They have to park and she just jumps out. She steals her photographer's camera. She runs on foot and then she steals some guy's scooter and yells freedom of the press. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how that works. (laughs) So, I don't know. There's something really funny about a reporter who thinks they're above the law. <laughs> yeah. Shouting shouting freedom of the press to take something for free is kind of the, like, shouting I declare bankruptcy kind of thing oh, from Michael Scott. Is, yes. is just like, that's not uh, how that works. And I'm upset that you think uh, <laughs> that this is how this works. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I like better, whether or not it's that line or whether when we first see the robot this episode and his first the first words out of this robot's mouth are, I am cancer. (laughs) Uh, Which is like, are you what are you, 4chan? Did 4chan show up? Try and kill me? Like (laughs) I don't know. Something about I am cancer really just gets me. (laughs) It's silly. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else? I mean, he fights an invisible tank um, <laughs> for a little bit, and then he fights cancer. He's like, I want one. Yeah. Nice stealth tech. No readings, no footprint at all. I want one. Which I feel like was a solid line for the Tony Stark character. Like, if they were all like that, I'd be into it. Mm-hmm. This, this sort of, like, man, the man-child angle, right? Like, that's also because it's, like, a direct quote from one of the Iron Man movies. Yep. Yep. So. And I like it. Uh, but the, in, a, in maybe what is uh, perhaps a, a Japanese bid to make the self-defense force look cool, we have this character that is introduced uh, named Sakurai. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, an SDF. I don't know, bad boy. He's very intense. Yeah. He, he rides a motorcycle. He's very cool. He's very spooky. Uh, in, contra- in contrast to my normal perception of the SDF, which is that they're like meter maids with like a little more power. Because uh, I don't even think the SDF generally, the ones that, that like patrol the, you know, like the, the normal cops, I don't think they're armed. I don't think they have guns. Uh, so they're not scary like American police. They're just like, they're just people who tell you you did a wrong thing yes. and maybe find you. Uh, but then we've got this like heavily leathered motorbike hunk and it, it kind of cracks me up. He's about as anime, anime. as the show gets. Like that's mm-hmm. that's peak anime is that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, that's anime. Uh, Rory's been waiting. Rory's been waiting <laughs> to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, what I liked about him, though, is is he... I think he's clearly coded as a good guy. And so the fact that he is working for the prime minister, who's probably bad, you know, know, is a Mm -hmm. good guy who's being pitted against Iron Man is interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's odd that we see he maybe has his own robot suit at the end of the episode. Uh, That looks very like... um, it, It looks very like the Ironmonger suit from the first Iron Man movie. Like, it's like big and bulky and scary. Uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know where that development's going to go. Does everyone in Japan not have their own robot suit? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. You're totally <laughs> right. I almost forgot. Yeah. The, the government forgot. issued robot suit that everybody gets on their, on their 16th birthday. <laughs> Your 16th mm. birthday, you're gifted a Gundam from the Japanese <laughs> government. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say. This is this is mostly a nothing burger. Should we go into wrap yeah. up? It's pretty yeah. nothing. Yeah, let's wrap it right up. Look, uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk more about Marvel anime as we get into the other weeks. Uh, but instead, I think I want to set you three boys up with a little pitch about your show. Oh. I want you to just say more about your show for, for listeners. Tell us about The Infinite Backlog. So the the Infinite Backlog is basically a chronological reading of the Marvel backlog. Its 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 sub name is the Andy Spider Dungeon because secretly Andy <laughs> wants us to read so much Spider Man, but don't There's let that turn quite you a lot off. Of Spider Man. Don't let that turn you off because <laughs> Spider Man is hunky and funny. Um, mm-hmm. And so basically every what? week, I'm sorry, what? The- I was gonna say there's an element of just like there's an element of uh, I guess you could call it uh, not truth but like that is still if you if you go to the comic store and think I'm gonna get a Spider Man you're gonna realize oh there's so much Spider Man yeah <laughs> like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah he's ever present I just I feel like the the Infinite Backlog is 
a, a great way to explore the character beginnings of some of your favorite Marvel characters. And it's it's three people who have never explored their beginnings themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just kind of a fun way to to run through the uh, th- those old comics and sort of sort yeah, of just delve it's into Marvel. Somewhat abbreviated. So we're not reading everything from you know, like everything chronologically. No, it's, no, uh, no. God, no. We, of course, because that's uh, that's insane. But just as a as a sort of, I guess, to help you perceive how quickly it moves, you know, we go through a year, maybe a year and a half, you know, per episode. So we're, we're moving at a good clip. Yeah, it'll slow down. I, my, my, the main, the main thing that I like about our show, our new podcast, we're four episodes deep, soon to be five. Make sure you check out our, our fifth episode with Austin on it. It's a lot of fun uh, coming out this weekend. We have, uh, we have so much sympathy for people who try and get into comic books because we've probably all tried on multiple occasions to be like, what if I just started reading? Oh my God, how do you do this? Right? Like it's an overwhelmingly giant Sisyphean boulder of content and there's no agreement where to start. There, There's absolutely no good way to do it. You you have to, I think we mentioned in, in somewhere in that show, like you have to just go in cold a little bit or go back mm-hmm. to the very beginning and there's really no middle space. Yeah. And so if you want to jump along with us, uh, whether or not you read along or not, though of course we Super encourage you to read along. We're starting from the beginning. We have a curated list of stuff that we think is probably more interesting or more noteworthy. And we're going in order. We're going in publication order. So if uh, I think Austin mentions like you, you kind of feel like when you walk into an episode of our new show that you've just sort of wandered into uh, a 1965 comic book shop and been like, I'll take whatever's on the shelf. And <laughs> read it at home, right? Like it's a, it's a. I think I think it's a really fun experience. All of the stuff that we read is available on Marvel Unlimited, which is a not that expensive uh, subscription service from Marvel that gives you access to like very close to literally everything. <laughs> yeah, basically all comics except the last three months, right? Not it's like, sponsored. Yeah, literally everything. Not affiliated yeah. unless they want to throw us that sponsorship. Marvel will take oh it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Daddy Disney, yeah. throw me your pity dollars. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a quick thought. Uh, would you consider um, after you've done a large stretch of the show, like maybe after you've finished a decade mm-hmm. uh, of of like the 60s or something, you'd look back and then recurate like what you think people should actually like what's actually actually mm. worth reading. Yeah, I think idea. that's I think that's a good idea because we are already discovering that there's plenty of really stupid shit in this list. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's kind of in a weird way, that's kind of the charm of the 60s. Like they're it's all kind of weird and wacky and 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 dumb. Uh, but no, I think, I think that we will, we'll definitely be putting out some, some sort of, uh, highlight lists of our own, but I really, I would love it if, uh, everybody who listens to our sad and podcast would just give, uh, uh, the first few episodes a, a listen, see if it's something you like, uh, if it's something you would like to, to jump along with, cause it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're hoping to get, uh, more like audience interaction. We're not sure what that looks like yet. But that's something that we're really going to try and look for uh, with this new show. Uh, the good news is if you already support us on Patreon for Sad Am Tuesdays, uh, I'm pretty sure that Patreon is going to keep going and kind of just encompass both of these podcasts. So you can there's like one location where you can give us money to help the uh, the continued production. The empire to grow the empire. Yes. Yeah, because we're not stopping Sad Am Tuesdays. That oh, is... hell no. 
continuing no. strong. I know. I know. One time we threatened to stop so that we could become the the Council of Council of Dads, the Council of Dads fan. Well, cast, Council but... of Dads was canceled, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't really do that. Our <laughs> so... hand was forced. <laughs> But yeah, it's really fun. Uh, and if you hate Austin on this podcast, that maybe is another fun thing for you to to, to sort of have another podcast where Austin's not on it. Or if you're <laughs> if you're big into Shane content. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet, sweet Shane. That's sweet Shane content. Do you want to see us out, Andy? Uh, yeah. As we as we say on both of our podcasts, by the <laughs> by the power of the I don't even, I don't know if I'm in front of me, but the let's see if I can pull it like. By the by, the power of the immortal Vashanti, by the by the crimson bands of Sidorak, we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>